Life Skills South Florida is a 26-year-old primary psychiatric facility located in beautiful Deerfield Beach, Florida. We treat mental health conditions and substance use disorders for men and women ages 18 and older by using a holistic approach to treatment. This is done by incorporating elements of mindfulness, meditation, and integrated primary care, which offers individuals the opportunity for complete recovery. Treatment at Life Skills focuses not just on the persisting problems, but targets the underlying disorders that contribute to them in a healing environment. Our program goes above and beyond to empower the individuals during their recovery. For more information about our facilities, please call our Northeast Clinical Outreach Director, Melissa Westerman, at 603-540-6288. That's 603-540-6288. Also, visit our website at LifeSkillsSouthFlorida.com for more info. Crosscheck Radio is presented by Boston Financial Management. Boston Financial Management provides wealth management and investment advisory services for individuals, families, endowments, and not-for-profit organizations. And supported by Tracy Chevrolet in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Hi, this is Dr. Lanice Bias. You're listening to my friend Kevin Stevens on Crosscheck Radio. It's time to power forward. You are listening to Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio, hosted by two-time Stanley Cup winner and hockey legend Kevin Stevens. Through hard-hitting discussion, personal testimonies, and cutting-edge resources to help battle the disease, Crosscheck is dedicated to ending the stigma and shame behind addiction and bringing forth the hope and support for those suffering from addiction to power forward and overcome it. Let's join Kevin Stevens and his team now on Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio. Welcome to Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio alongside Kevin Stevens. My name is Andy Bernstein, and joining us today is Alyssa Horton from Recovering Champions, as always, and Willie Pierre McGuire Drinkwater. How are you guys? All well. All good. Well? Good. Good. We got a uh, really exciting show today with some great guests. And joining us now is Nancy Merrill, who is the uh, with McLean Hospital. She is the program director for the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Services Program. Nancy has been a board-certified advanced practice psychiatric nurse for 34 years, For the past 20 years, she has been working in the McLean Hospital's Division of Alcohol and Drug Abuse. During her time at McLean, she has been involved in several national research projects, including the Combine Study, the TopMax Medication Study, and the IGT Study, which we will get to. And joining us as well is Melissa Westerman. She is the Regional Clinical Outreach Director Northeast for Life Skills South Florida, Her purpose and mission is focused on helping families, clients, and providers navigate the behavioral health landscape, understand mental illness and addiction with the goal of helping in some way educate, advocate, and increase hope. Welcome to the show. Thank you. That was a handful, right? That was a lot of. Yeah, Yeah. that's okay. We're very busy. Very, very, very busy, right? Our purposes. So, first off, tell us about your different programs. Tell us about. McLean Hospital and your department. Well, that could take we only a while. Have two minutes now. <laughs> I have two yeah. minutes to get it done. McLean overall has just shy of about 500 beds, but in the Division of Alcohol and Drug Abuse, starting with the least restrictive, we have a small outpatient clinic, which includes Suboxone maintenance groups, the Vivitrol outpatient induction group, 
and a benzodiazepine protracted detox okay. withdrawal group. And then we have a 21-bed inpatient unit. We have a partial hospital program. And we also have McLean Nake, which is an insurance-based, about a 17-day length of stay, Medicare program. And then we have two programs in our signature recovery programs. We have McLean Burnside, which is a nine-bed program in Princeton, Mass. And we have McLean Borden Cottage, which is an eight-bed program in Camden, Maine. Yeah, I, I, I got to talk. Nancy, I'm a graduate from that place. I was over there uh, probably seven, eight, nine years ago. To, um, it's a great place. It was one of those places that um, really didn't know much about. But when I got in there, the treatment was great. The people were great. And you have a lot of service, a lot of different things you guys do. And that, that kind of, like, takes care of a lot of things. I was in the inpatient, I think, with the 20 people there. But uh, learned a lot. You guys got a lot going on over there. And you got a lot going on yourselves. It's good to hear that. Yeah. We, the hospital has, I believe, close to about 64 different clinical programs. Yeah. Um, the, we have about 64 different programs at McLean and 271, I believe, or 281 inpatient beds. So it's, it's a growing hospital and, of course, a huge re research component. So we have a, a three-fold mission, training residents, psychologists, nursing students, social workers, psychologists, and we also, of course, do treatment and research. So, so obviously you have a fair number of programs, and I um, – you have the signature recovery program. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that? What what exactly? Sure. So the way signature recovery came about, people used to call me all the time. Can I have my own room? No. Can I have my own room? No. Can I have my own bathroom? No. So I can. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was asking those questions. <laughs> yeah. I'd be asking those questions. Yeah. So we kept raising that as an issue that maybe we should actually develop a program where people could have that, recognizing that was probably not going to be an insurance-based venture. And then a client who had been 25 years sober gifted us, uh, I think, a half a million dollars, and we bought the bed and breakfast at Fernside out in Princeton, Mass. And then about four years later at this point, uh, Tom Rodman, who's the owner of Borden Cottage in Maine, and McLean um, leases the space from him, and we opened up Borden Cottage. So they're both very treatment-intensive programs. A lot of people always say this, a lot of individualized work, but it's absolutely true out there. So you meet with the director once a week. You meet with a psychopharmacologist every day if you need to, but at least three times a week. You see your therapist three times a week for full therapy sessions, and then between four and five groups a day. At the end of the day, um, yoga, um, personal trainers, mindfulness training. And so, it, again, people say this a lot as well, but McLean actually does some of the studies that, that are empirically based. So it's, it's all empirically based treatment, some CBT, DBT, motivational interviewing, IGT, which is the workshop developed by Roger Weiss and Hillary Connery. So what, so what is your, like, what do you oversee? Like, what do you just oversee everything? Or do you I do. <laughs> you oversee that whole package, right. like medications, right. all different people, all different things. Huh? Yes. Yep. Okay. So we do, have, we do, we believe in the notion of medication-assisted treatment. So all of our programs, you can be on Suboxone, or we may induct you onto Suboxone, also Vivitrol. And um, we're part of the what's called the um, Clinical Trials Network. McLean is the lead agency in that, and they just did a, a sort of head-to-head -head study with Vivitrol and Suboxone, and surprisingly, um, the participants in the study felt like they were both incredibly helpful for urges and cravings. And anecdotally, I would have thought Suboxone might have fit that bill a little better, but it didn't. The issue with Vivitrol, of course, you have to be 10 days clean from opiates to begin on it. 
So when we induct people, we ask them to attend our partial for 10 days to kind of give them the leg up. That was the downside in the study. A lot of the Vivitrol folks dropped out because they couldn't wait the 10 days. On, on Suboxone and Vivitrol and, that's, and all that kind of medication, when people say, I went to your place for 30 days and I was leaving clean and so forth, do you recommend, or how do you guys decide, like, should this guy be on Suboxone? Should this guy be on Vivitrol? Should it just go to alcohol? Like, I went to A. I didn't want to be on any of that stuff, mm -hmm. so, but some people works, right? Right. It works for a lot of people, but you just said the key thing. It, it would be between the clinicians and the patients that's there. Because if somebody says, I have no interest in Suboxone, it's kind of a setup to put yeah. them on, or I'm not going to come back after this first Vivitrol shot, so why bother? Generally, what we do is look at the history. If, if this is first-time treatment or second-time treatment, then, then we recommend we're yeah. a self-help informed program for sure, and we would recommend that. We recommend, of course, therapy. There are some small research projects to show that therapy and the self-help programs are very yeah. effective together. So depends on what, what people want to do. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I agree with that now, and I think it's changed a lot because I remember when I first was trying to get clean and sober, I don't know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, it was all about getting clean and sober, Alcoholics Anonymous, and just go do what you got to do. There was no medications. There was no stuff that could help you. And I know a lot of people that are on Suboxone that saved their lives. Right. kept I, them alive. You know? I, I, I totally agree. And I think the other thing is just McLean is also well known for treating folks that have a co-occurring disorder. Mm -hmm. So really kind of no medications are off the table totally for us. I mean, we, we of course try and steer people away from things that are addicting for anxiety, particularly mm -hmm. in early yeah. recovery, or things that are addicting for sleep, particularly in mm -hmm. early recovery. But I, I agree with you. About 15 years ago, there weren't many there weren't many options. And, and interestingly enough, the vast majority of people get sober and clean on their own. Yeah. And, and the sleep, that's a huge, that was a huge, huge issue, issue for me. That's like, you know, that, <clears throat> that took me out of, out there <clears throat> a couple of times because I couldn't sleep and I was right. so tired. And when you're not tired, you're not thinking straight. That's it's right. kind of like, you know, and the sleep, that's a big part of it. You're right on that. I never I, really thought I've of. had sponsors call me and say, nobody ever died for lack of sleep. Why do you yeah. keep talking to my client oh, about getting on medication? Huge. And it's a huge issue yeah. when people aren't sleeping for a variety of reasons, yeah. all the health reasons. But then, as you said, the psychological yeah. reasons. I'm never going to sleep again. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, and yeah. Then back to the medication you go. Yeah. You mentioned something about CBT for, mm -hmm. for the listeners out there. CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. Correct. Can you speak to that? That's a lot of self-talk. It is. It's, it's really living in the moment and mm -hmm. dealing with things right in the moment and um, learning new coping skills for, for dealing with things that feel incredibly stressful. And there has been some good studies indicating that it's helpful for folks with addiction because part of it is around impulse control. Right. And part of relapsing sometimes is around impulse control. Right. And so it's, it's helping people put some things into place that maybe they didn't put in before. A, a sort of triangle, I always work with my private clients around thoughts, feelings, and actions. We can have any thought we want. Oh my God, I have to eat one of those Dunkin' Munchkins that's right in front of me. But the, the action <laughs> Thank doesn't- Thank you to Alyssa, <laughs> right? Thank you to the, Alyssa. The action doesn't have to be, I have to take a Dunkin' Munchkin. You can, have a different, you can have a different action, even though you have the thought. And you could talk to yourself and say, look, you know, I don't need this, or you know, come up with some other way, or maybe, I'm going to have an apple instead of right. a, a Dunkin'. Right. Well, even in our IGT group, the group that Roger Weiss and Hillary Connery I mentioned earlier, um, I was one of the people in the study part of that. And one of the workshops that we did was hang up on your disease. If you kind of think of it as a telemarketer, the longer you're on, the more likely you are to buy Ginzu knives and you hang up and you're like, what the heck? I didn't need knives. Right. And there is some thought, I don't know if it's anecdotal or empirically based, that a, an urge or a craving lasts about 30 to 60 seconds. So if you can take yourself off that, then you can go down a different path. So, thank you. Um, so 
joining us as well is Melissa. Now, um, you guys kind of work together. How, how do yeah. you guys work together? Tell us about life skills and how um, you and Nancy connected. And Well, I'd say probably, what was I say, 13 years ago, I guess 13 or 14 years ago, we met at an event at a conference. We were just sharing the same dinner table and hit it off immediately. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> immediately. And, you know, with our psychiatric backgrounds, you know, obviously the, the humor and the similar backgrounds. I'm not a nurse practitioner. I'm, I'm not nearly as accomplished as Nancy. Not true. I'm just a um, lot older. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You'll catch up. <laughs> I cannot prescribe medication, but I'm close. <laughs> so I'm listen, why don't you tell us about what you, what you do now? Yeah, so um, Nancy and I met 13 or 14 years ago, and I've just been friends ever since. And, of course, like the, the really nice, close working relationship um, regarding the programs that we represent right. have worked really well over the years. So, um, so that's been helpful. But I, I represent Life Skills, which is a 50-bed um, co-ed residential program in Deerfield Beach, Florida. We've been around 27 years. And I would say uh, subacute level. And for those of you who don't necessarily understand what that term means, you know, hospital is acute. You know, a, a crisis unit is acute. Uh, a detox is considered acute. Um, so we're a nice next step down from that. We're licensed as a residential psychiatric and licensed as a residential substance abuse treatment service, but we're a nice step down from hospital. Oftentimes, as, as many of you may or may not have experienced or heard about, folks who don't meet criteria for hospital, um, so they're not actively suicidal or homicidal, but yet a lot of residential treatment centers won't take them because they've made a recent suicide attempt, because they've been cutting, because um, there's been um, refusal of medication. Um, so something that makes life skills special is uh, sort of their, their willingness to work with people in the stages of change. Um, and we can certainly go into that, you know, motivational interviewing and so on and so forth. But, like, if somebody comes in refusing meds or recently cut their wrists or mm -hmm. so, that's our folk, yeah. you know, actively psychotic, you know, maybe doesn't meet criteria mm -hmm. for hospital. Um, they're not threatening to anybody, but yet they can't go home. So... That's life skills clinical wheelhouse. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's important because, like you said, they can't. You're cutting yourself. You're a danger to yourself, and the hospital won't right. take you. Where are you going to go, right? Exactly. And those something. are the people that fall through the cracks. <clears throat> yeah. Is the people that residential treatment centers like, Ugh, it's yeah. risky. You know, it's much too risky. We don't have the staffing, yeah. like either the credentialed staffing or, or like just the volume of staffing to manage mm -hmm. that. But yet, hospital won't take them yeah. because of you know they have their their standards and their rules and their you know so. We're a nice gap that that fills. Yeah. yeah, that's important because there is, you know, addiction's a big thing. We talked about addiction here in Hope, but there's so many different other things that people deal with. And so, you know, like, you know, sometimes we don't even talk about it here because we do talk about substance abuse and addiction, but there's so many other causes that lead to addiction or lead to those things. Absolutely. And, you know. and, and a symptom of psychiatric illness and a, and a symptom of addiction sometimes is um, lack of insight into your illness. Yeah. So... Yeah. 90% of treatment centers are geared towards people in, who are ready to change, which is ridiculous mm. because symptoms of the illnesses are, I don't, I don't have bipolar disorder. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, you, you guys are, um, or I, I don't have a problem with drugs and alcohol, you know, and yet they land in residential treatment centers and they're like, we can't really treat him until he's ready. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a symptom of the, you know, and, uh, you know, that uh, whole can of worms in terms of the financials of that, of paying for somebody who's not ready for treatment, but I'm not opening that can of worms, but treatment needs to respond to people who are not ready. They're refusing meds. They're not quite sure they want to quit smoking pot. 
They're like, when I leave her, we're gonna, I'm gonna smoke. We're like, all right, well, let's let's work through that. Right. And 50% of all clients that are diagnosed with a mental health disorder also meet the criteria for some type of substance misuse. Yeah. Issue. So, right. no. I mean, there there needs to be some synergy of where folks can go. And I'm I'm, I'm with Melissa. I think motivation is completely overrated. And we <laughs> try and and right. we try and figure out <laughs> where clients land on the motivation scale. And I yeah. think it's a waste of time mostly. Absolutely. So you implement things like motivational interviewing, which is an actual a counseling skill and a modality mm -hmm. yeah. to work with folks who are not quite ready to change. And mm -hmm. it's about rapport building and relationship and trust building and. Um, there's a lot that goes into it, but if you have a, a center that's geared and staffed and trained to do that and be responsive to that, then you know that's what we need more of. You mentioned um, on, on your uh, website and doing research, you talk about DBT skills. Can you explain that? Yeah, DBT, uh, we touched on a little bit with CBT. It's a, it's a similar breakdown of cognitions, and I don't want to get too like, psychobabbly. Um, I, can, no, I can. I wanted to leave that to Nan, because she has an advanced right. degree, and you know. <laughs> right? The professor. Nan, the professor. Nan, Nan can pick up where I leave off. You can talk about your trials. She needs your, a mortar board. Your control you know. groups, and your, and your combined this and right. that. And Not combine. I'm calling it a combine. That's okay. Yeah. It's combined. Um, but uh, DBT is a fantastic modality. It's called dialectical behavior therapy, mm -hmm. um, created by Marsha Linehan. Um, it's been around for a very, very long time. Um, it's we have a 13-week DBT curriculum. It specifically was created for people with personality disorder, specifically borderline personality disorder. And but it's it's indicated actually it has grown, and a lot of addiction treatment centers use um, higher DBT trained therapists. It's really grown and sort of expanded because the skill base there's three very distinct modules, distress tolerance, emotion regulation, that they've discovered are getting really good evidence from, with, in, in just substance abuse treatment alone. Right. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of places are hiring DBT clinicians and, and implementing that into their program. The special part about, about what we do is we have a, actually a succinct 13-week curriculum with licensed certified DBT trainers. Okay. Um, so it, but it's just, it's a fantastic modality. It's very pragmatic. It's very practical. It's it's much like CBT. It's very much think about your cognitions, pause. Right. There's homework. There's work. I mean, it's hard. So there's hard accountabil work. accountability. It's Absolutely. a two way two way street. Oh with yeah, this. it's very very hard work for clients. Okay. Yeah, and, and, no, and for addiction people, there's there's no pause in us, you know. So it's kind of like learning, like you said, you were talking about twenty seconds, thirty seconds, just to sit there and, and say, you know, should I do this or shouldn't I? And giving yourself. Instead of just reacting, because like like I said, I made a twenty second decision when I reacted, and it you know took me a twenty four year kind of run, yeah. making one twenty second decision. Mm -hmm. So, all these cognitive behavior, you know, way you guys work with people, that's very important because it is all about making right decisions, and it's, it it comes down to that because it's all about mm -hmm. making that because we're they're all we're all going as an addict, we're all going to be in that spot again. You know, it's, it's hard to. You know, you don't want to hang around with the people, but you're still getting positions where you're in those spots, and you got to react and make the right decision. Mm -hmm. um, two quick questions um, in our remaining minutes. Tell me about um, what's the advantages to going to Florida because you guys are based in Florida. Um, how does if I'm living in New England, I mm -hmm. want to go to Florida. Um, what would be the advantage? Probably the weather in the winter. Yeah. You think? <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah, Hello. Hello. But it, as far as <laughs> getting no getting snow. away and getting yeah. away yeah. from yeah. your your surroundings. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, there's a, a very large school of thought is get away from people, places, and things. And yeah. better weather. And better weather. Yes. <laughs> and we accept pets. 
And you so would, you can bring your cat or your dog. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. So Which is huge. Yeah, grab grab Rover yeah. or Whiskers. P- right. And <laughs> come on down. Uh, go it's check hard. out Rover. Uh, whiskers, Mr. How, Mr. Wiggles. How long do you? How long is your program? Like, what do you guys do? Is Typical stay is sixty to ninety days. Okay. Yep, and we have transitional living, so some often yeah. stay on yeah. if they build a really strong recovery community there. So, Nancy, can you give your uh, website information and how people can contact you, and also Melissa, the same? Sure, it's McLeanHospital.org, and every single program is listed there along with the contact information for that specific program, along with numbers that you can just call the, the main hospital, and they can sort of put you in touch with folks, too. My own um, website is nmerrill at partners.org. Two R's, two L's. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Uh, my, uh, my website is LifeSkills sf.com s as in sally s as in sally f as in frank.com so what is that again it's not together that's the clean version um it's melissa.westerman at life skills sf.com is my email my cell phone is 603-540-6288 native new englander uh go new hampshire Go socks, um, <laughs> killing it right now. Huh. And um, but if you want a direct line to admissions, it's eight four four seven four nine one five six zero. Thank you. All right. Awesome guys, thanks for coming on. Thanks, you doing, Thank you. doing great work. Thank you. Keep it going. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you we'll be right back you. on Crosscheck. You have been listening to Crosscheck with your host Kevin Stevens. We'll be right back after these messages. My name is Richard Morse, founder and chairman of Boston Financial Management. For more than 40 years, we have been dedicated to the creation and preservation of wealth for our clients. We strive to develop and implement individual investment programs to address the specific needs of each and every client. BFM is pleased to support Crosscheck Radio's mission of providing education and awareness about the drug addiction crisis currently facing this nation. We believe this program will increase awareness and begin to move the nation towards a better understanding of the crisis and ultimately to a solution. Boston Financial Management is proud to take an active role in promoting Power Forward, aired by Crosscheck Radio, and believe all communities and individuals will benefit with a greater knowledge about the current opioid crisis. For more information about Boston Financial Management, please visit our website at bfminvest.com. Everybody wants to earn more money, right? Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman, and I'd like to earn more money, too. That's why I take advantage of the bump-up CD specials at the City of Boston Credit Union. It's easy. If their rates go up, yours can, too. Check out all their current specials at cityofbostoncu.com. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Funds federally insured by NCUA. Excess insurance by MSIC. This is Chris Nowinski, CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation, and you're listening to Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio, hosted by Kevin Stevens. Welcome back to Crosscheck. Joining us as our in-studio guest is John McGann. With the Gavin Foundation, John has over 25 years substance abuse treatment experience and is president and CEO of the Gavin Foundation, which provides a full continuum of care. John is a licensed alcohol and drug counselor, a certified addiction specialist, and a certified domestic violence counselor 
John sits on the board of directors of the Action for Boston Community Development and South Boston Association of Nonprofits and is the vice president of the Mass Recovery Homes Collaborative. Also joining us is John Christian. John is with Modern Assistance Programs. He is the president and chief executive officer. He is also a substance abuse and mental health counselor, criminal justice specialist, and is an expert witness for clients in the mass court system. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. That Thank was a, you. a mouthful, but uh, we got there. <laughs> uh, um, so tell us about the Gavin Foundation. I'd like to learn more, and um, and then we'll learn about John's story as well. Sure. So, so Gavin Foundation has deep roots in the South Boston community, greater Boston area. It was originally started by James Gavin, who was a a correctional officer at Walpole State Prison, then he became a superintendent at the Child Street Jail and then a parole officer. He realized that men were being sent to prison for alcoholism back in 1962. Ironically enough, he bought a banded police station, moved his wife and his family, his daughters in. They lived on the first floor and the men lived on the second and third floor and that's how Gavin Foundation started. So since that time, we have really tried to uh, stick to our roots drugs and alcohol and heavily involved with folks come either coming out of the criminal justice system or to try to keep them out of the criminal justice system so since that time we've added a full continuum of care and as you can imagine over the last uh, decade with the uh, explosion of the opiate epidemic we've been forced to expand our services uh, around the greater Boston area or into Quincy as far uh, south as uh, Fall River uh, New Bedford uh, Worcester, Newton, all over the place because of the demand for services. Yeah, and I, I think, John, I think it's important to know that the Gavin House is, you know, I'm in recovery. A lot of people, you guys are very well respected. Your name's always at the top of the list out there when you, everybody hears about the Gavin House or the Gavin Foundation. It's, it's always well spoken for. You guys do a great job. And it's not, that's not everywhere either, it's, you know. So it's uh, around alcoholics and all around addicts. You guys got a lot of good stuff going on. Well, thank you. I'm I'm very proud of the work that our team does, yeah. and uh, it's because of the people that that ran it before me that laid such a solid foundation. Guys like uh, Tom O'Connor and Jim yeah. Sweeney did a great job. How's the um, foundation? How, John, how's it grown? Like in the last probably five years, how how big has it grown? How bad has it got out there? You know, it's you know w over the last five years we've we've added a detox unit, a stabilization unit. Uh, we've done a, a lot of work with UMass Medical uh, using the mission model to work with uh, court systems and reentry. So we have yeah. put a lot of the spread out offices uh, for, uh, to, to manage those programs. So how does the how does the court system like work with you guys? How do you guys work with those people? So we we have this program. It's called the mission model, and what it does is we team up a master's level clinician and a peer. And they work as a team. And instead of expecting somebody to come to an office to do sessions, mm -hmm. we go out in the community mm -hmm. to do sessions. We meet them where they're at. We meet them where it's convenient. If they get jobs, we don't want them to leave work. They have to show up yeah. to an appointment so they can check a box for the court. Yeah. We'll meet them in the evening. We'll meet them before work. We'll meet them on a Saturday morning. Try to make oh, it yeah. easy for them to be compliant so that they don't violate probation or parole. Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's 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 basically you know that that's service you know it's hard you know like you said a lot of these people aren't accountable they're not really you know they can't get to places they don't drive you know whatever it's it's important that you guys can get out there and, and service those people too it's great 
now you have a uh, one of the things you wanted to talk about was your recovery high school yes uh Gavin Foundation has an adolescent program called Cushing House. We opened Cushing House for boys in 1999. Uh, what what we quickly learned was is that many of them couldn't you couldn't send them back to school because they'd just fall in with their old buddies, and the same thing would happen. You, you know, you'd have these families and their hopes so high that everything was going to be all right, and within no time it was falling apart because they were back into the same thing. So, uh, with the help of a lot of uh, political uh, help putting money together into the state budget they were able to fund the recovery high schools There's, uh five of them now in massachusetts uh springfield worcester uh brockton beverly and boston and our school uh, in boston is a collaboration between boston public schools action for boston community development and gavin foundation gavin does the clinical bps does the teachers and abcd does the administrative uh portion of the school it's vital. It's it's one of my favorite days of the year is graduation day to see these kids and their families achieve something that they probably wouldn't have done if it hadn't been for this kind of a school. So we service about forty to fifty people a year at the at the school, and it's you know I got to tell you, I look at the curriculum, they're giving nothing away. These kids earn it. They have to it's do awesome. the work. It's it's not it's not fly by night. They got to do the work, and they get clinical services. They, do, they go for an extra long day. They do clinical services as part of their regular school day, and we keep them involved over the summer. They've all got summer jobs right now through Action for Boston Community Development, so they don't get disconnected from the school and the school community. So we're very, very proud of the work that goes on there and would love to have uh, anybody's family that needs services give a call. Yeah, and uh, we'll get the number and, and website address sure. in a second. I know... Uh, our friend here, Alyssa, has some questions. It's just absolutely amazing. I mean, I, like I told you before, I went to see one of these graduations, and I've been in the field for a long time. I'm a person in long-term recovery. I was one of those kids that didn't have those services on Long Island, New York, and to see these families and these kids and, like, the emotions I experienced in that moment. And, like, again, like, after being in the field a while, you get a little disassociated. You're like, good for you. I'm so happy for you. But being there, I was like this bawling mess and they're like are you a family friend i'm like no i'm just a recovery coach from a program one of them are at like that's i'm just like done like it was just i can't even thank you enough for for the work that you guys are doing because it's just i, I it's life-changing for these people absolutely it, it, it is and it's not just you know it's not just for the individual no, it's, it's for the family. entire family yeah, absolutely. And, I, and i think the whole thing i think with any addict or anybody is finding them, giving them a purpose again, right? Yeah. So, you know, they're in their own element with their friends at school, and, they, you know, they're just running around, not now. They're on a schedule. They come. They feel good about themselves. They get, they're doing the work. Like you said, they're doing the work, and they're the ones that graduate. It's not like, you know, they're not pushing through. You guys make them do the work, and I think that, that makes people feel good. I know for myself, when I was out there, you know, I lost that purpose. You know, we all lose that purpose. I think it's important that you guys do that to them and give them that purpose to, succeed again then their life can be good right if they well, just do the right things you know absolutely and we're very proud of the fact you know we always say our, our biggest asset is recovery capital and that's the people that yeah. go through our programs and go through the school and come back right. and give back the there's kids here all the time yeah. stopping in for lunch and yeah. taking classes in boston or they're they're doing activities with the kids and uh, yeah. they've, they've hooked up with the recovery portion of our boston college and go out mm. there and tailgate the yeah. right way and go see a football game. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, it's, great. it's great. So John Christian 
is here with us as well. And so how do you guys know each other? How did you connect? So, well, actually, uh, Modern Assistance Program is Gavin Foundation's EAP. As you spoke about being in the in the field, there's, there's a lot that, that our staff go through, and, and we want to make sure that they have a safe place to process that so that they can do the good work that they do day in and day out, and that's where Modern Assistance comes into play for us. And EAP, I'm um, sorry. No, I was just saying, John, what's, what's your specific role now in, out there? What, what are you guys trying? What are you doing here with your work? So Modern Assistance Program is an employee assistance program. That's what the EAP stands mm-hmm. for. We represent about a, service about 100,000 covered lives in, in Massachusetts and some parts of New England. We were up into Maine, not so much into Connecticut, um, all the way out to Western Mass. I would say 95% of our members are people that are affiliated with trade unions, but we deal with some other people, and that involves family. When I say 100,000 covered lives, that involves family members, mm-hmm. dependents. We just celebrated 30 years. We, this program was founded by a guy by the name of Paul McDevitt, who John knows well, who was on John's board at the Gavin for quite a while, who was a giant in this field. Paul passed away coming up on two years ago. Um, and, and this started off with him with one of the trades. They said, we have a problem with alcohol. Do you have any ideas? And he went over and sat in an office at their facility and talked to members that had alcohol problems. We do one-on-one counseling. We do couples counseling, family counseling. We work with uh, children. We do a lot of referrals. We work with the Gavin Foundation and other programs all around Massachusetts. Um, it's you know, We're seeing all sides. We not only do substance abuse work, we also do mental health work as well. You guys, through the trade, do they come to you or they or do they get in trouble and come to you? Or is it something that's voluntary or something that, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. so I've also done a lot. I've of done work. both of those. Yeah, believe me, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I've been in all those yeah, situations, trouble and voluntary. So, there you go. <laughs> so um, I do a lot of work with the courts. Um, I worked with the city of Boston. They actually started a program that was involved with the courts. And I said, you know, we, we had a we had a, a good angle on success because people were they were forced by yeah, probation yeah. or parole. Well, working with people in trade unions, they're often forced by their employer yeah. or their union. So. So both. We do a lot of outreach. Nothing bothers me more than when a member comes to us and they're already very far down the road yeah. in, in trouble and they say, oh, I wish I kn- knew that we had this service available. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that's what we, like, I really believe in, you know, drugs and alcohol. Well, drugs, uh, I'll talk on drugs because that's, I'm a drug addict, but drugs are going to get here, right? And we talk, for me, myself, is to get into the education part of it, you know, not take, making that bad choice. It's about choices, right? That first choice. I made a choice when I was 28 years old to try this little drug, a 10-second choice. It changed my life for the next 24 years. You know, not right away, but I didn't know it was going to change my life. So it's a choice. I made a choice, and I think the education part, like you said, when they get to a certain point to get down the line, you guys can serve them. They can get better, but it would be nice if you could get them before they, you know. So one of the things that I do um, all the time with I speak to memberships all the time, from apprentices Mm -hmm. all the way up to journeymen, Mm -hmm. and I say to them, it's your body. Your biggest tool in the trade is your body. Mm-hmm. Forget what's in your toolbox. It's your body. And your body's going to get banged up over time, and doctors are going to say, here's a medication for pain. And I say to people, always, it's your right. Ask the doctor, what are you giving me? Yep. Is it addictive? What are the side effects? Is there an alternative? People have to understand what they're putting in their bodies. Being an advocate for yourself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and if they try to rush you out, of the the waiting room or out of the the, the uh, exam room you still have to ask yeah. still have to ask you can stop yeah this is you know it's, 
there's always other ways, you know. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, for me, I took the easy way. That was it. But there's all, you don't need that stuff, you know. You don't need to take pain medication. If you need it for a day, take it for a day. But you don't need to sustain that medication, which is terrible. Guys, can we keep you for another segment? Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll be right back on Crosscheck. You have been listening to Crosscheck with your host, Kevin Stevens. We'll be right back after these messages. Surrounded by 71 acres of peaceful woodlands, Sunspire Health Spring Hill is a residential addiction treatment center that allows you to clear your mind and reconnect with nature as you focus on your recovery on our open residential campus. At Spring Hill, we use a wide range of evidence-based treatment methods, including medication-assisted treatment and behavioral therapies to create a plan aimed at promoting long-term recovery. In addition to your clinical treatment plan, Take advantage of complimentary recovery activities in the surrounding outdoors and enjoy a comprehensive two-day educational family program, as well as the security of knowing your discharge will include a thorough, individualized plan that goes well beyond our care. Spring Hill offers patients evidence-based treatment for addiction and co-occurring mental health disorders at our facility in Ashby, Mass. If you or a loved one is in need of help, please call us today at 978-254-6668. That's 978-254-6668. Or visit us at sunspirehealth.com backslash spring dash At Tracy, come in and see the difference for yourself. They have the largest selection. I found my dream car here. The choices are endless. There is no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. We'll help you make the best decision. We've bought 30 vans here. I love my new car. They put the fun back into buying a car. I wouldn't go anywhere else. Everybody wants a good deal. It's one of the reasons I keep coming back. Experience the rock-solid difference. Tracy Chevrolet Cadillac, exit 6 off Route 3, Plymouth, Mass. We at Sullivan Tire support Kevin Stevens in his quest to support those who suffer from substance abuse. Thank you, Kevin, and best of luck. Welcome back to Crosscheck. I'm Andy Bernstein alongside Kevin Stevens, Alyssa Horton, Willie Drinkwater, and our in-studio guests are John McGann from the Gavin Foundation and John Christian from Modern Assistant Programs. And we're having a great chat about um, employee assistance programs as well as learning about what the, the great work that the Gavin Foundation is doing. So one of my questions for you is um, we talked about the trades and substance abuse. What other industries are struggling, and um, can you speak to how the impact in corporate America besides, you know, there's health, but there's also productivity issues from a corporate side. Can you speak a little more to that? We've known with alcohol for decades, literally probably more than half a century, that alcohol has a huge impact on productivity in the workplace. You know, in the last 20 or 30 years, we've understood that drugs also do, too, and, and not always illicit drugs, also prescription drugs that people abuse. So it's every walk of life. We see people from, uh, so of the 100,000 lives we represent, maybe 30,000 of them are, are union members working in the trades, and there's this family members. So we get people, we get lawyers, school teachers, we get people from all walks of life. It affects everybody. Right. Yeah, I, just, I agree, Johnny, because it doesn't, doesn't pick and choose, right? If you have this disease and you activate this disease, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a problem, or you're gonna have to find a solution to get in recovery and get better. Because, you know, like you said, it affects everybody. It doesn't, 
you know, my mind, I'm an addict. My mind works like the guy down the street on the corner's mind. We're the same, but I'm just in recovery, you know. And I think you guys, all, both you guys, give great opportunity to those, to those people. And the families, like you say, you talk about the families. The families are just important. They can come to you and you can help their families in, in these situations. That's, that's huge. We always used to look at this as the person would have the potential for the disease and you'd put the drug in and they'd get addicted to the drug. Opiates have changed that whole game. Because of the physically addictive properties of opiates, we see people who, the, the Vietnam experience, all, all, mm. these, all, the, all our men and women in Vietnam who were addicted while they were in Vietnam came back and after treatment, only about 5% of them actually had addictive behavior, addictive nature. Because opiates are so physically addictive, we see people who otherwise wouldn't get addicted to a drug, but when they try to stop doing the opiate, they get sick mm. and they have to do more of the drug. So the drug almost creates the disease as opposed to the mm. diseased person yeah. getting addicted to the drug. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, yeah, like progression, 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 addiction, right? You do, you do it so long, you know, you get addicted to that drug. And then you, when you're stuck, we all know how it is when you're stuck, it's awful hard to get off it. But you're right, the, the pain medication and that, that first time of taking it, you know, can lead you to 20 years of, you know, just it just grabs you. You, know, yeah. you might not even have that disposition of, you know, it just grabs onto you. So, um, not to put you on the spot, Alyssa, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Of course. Um, so, Alyssa has been um, nodding and very, exci <laughs> <laughs> very excited that you two guys fan. are here. Why? Tell, uh, tell us. <laughs> uh, so no, I just, well, I'm curious. Right? Well, this just shows, like, I've been, you know, I'm very passionate about this. So, like, my, you know, my stars are very different than the ones that most people have. But I do, it's like I was saying before, you know, working, um, you know, in the past with different programs and hearing about the both of your organizations, it's been, like I said, our clients that come in that I've ever worked with are the most educated I've ever seen. The most, um, like if you, if you could be the EAP system for all of the world, and <laughs> Gavin's amount of uh, communication and family that every single person feels that's ever been there or worked with you guys, like if that could just be casted everywhere, it would be such a different world, I think, with this epidemic, with that understanding and with that respect to it. Because you have experience, you've been you've been there personally, each of you. Oh yeah, I'm a person of recovery, so, as, as as I, I'm a graduate of Gavin House, so uh, see, like, so that's my roots. I mean, it used to it's amazing. Me, they used to tease me when I would sit in the front office. They'd say, "You look good, kid." You know, <laughs> you know, if some of them only live long enough it. to see, it would be great. <laughs> and I'm a graduate of the federal prison system. So <laughs> well, so we've had uh, Rick Marinick on. Do you know Rick? Sure, I do. No, no. Yeah, Rick is Rick is a, a frequent contributor to the show, and he's uh, he's a character. That guy, we love him. <laughs> I, I graduated from Harvard and from the federal correctional <laughs> institution. So <laughs> Yale or jail? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Drinkwater knows you guys as well. Yes. Hello, oh, gentlemen. I think both organizations, the models would be great to take right to SAMHSA and say, why don't we just take it national? I mean, I, you know, it's uh, one of those deals. But I grew up in a building trades family, and I think a large part of it, you know, in the New York area, but, but I think a large part of it, too, there was a certain, you know, uh, the normal is changing for the guys and the, and, the, uh, and the gals in the trades now. I mean, I can think back to when it was, you know, you work hard, you play hard, and you drink even harder. You know, it was just part of the mindset. And I think that that's beginning to change over the years now where, you know, you don't have to, you know, drink hard and drug hard because you're in the building trades. I think that's fading out. Mm -hmm. oh, one of, one of the building yeah. trades that we work with, and I won't name the trade, but 30 years ago in their contract, 
Mm-hmm. Part of their contract was is that each member could have up to two six-packs in their cooler on the job site. <laughs> so so no, times, yeah, have, yeah. times have changed dramatically. Yes, yes they have. Does that lead to the labor shortage? I know in the construction industry, I know that there's a lot of um, opportunities for jobs. And as far as, like, um, I did some work with the remodeling industry, and I know that they have a labor shortage. Is that part of it? Certainly is part of it. Um, I, I think the biggest part of it is that with the trade unions, there's a rigorous apprentice. They all have a rigorous right. apprentice program. So what happens is is the apprentice program might be four or five years, mm. and suddenly there's a huge demand that happens before the apprentices are fully trained to go out. Well, they do go out to workplaces. So I, I, I think it's more of a sl- supply and demand. Right now we've got such a building boom. All of our trades are at over 100% employment. They're bringing oh, in travelers yeah. from different great. places. So. But then bringing in travelers from different places has an interesting downside because I'm told that we're seeing some different drugs on job sites. And, and some mm. of the thought is that maybe some of the travelers who are coming up from down south are introducing some substances that we don't see as often. No, see Methamphetamine, yeah. which we yeah. don't see as much, seeing more of that. And that tends to be, um, except for the population that Willie works with up in Maine, I think. That, yeah, that northern tends Maine to be, is yeah. a real mess. But that's not no. something that I think John and I have seen as much of in the last few years, and we're seeing more of that. So, mm-hmm. so there's some downside to full employment, too. The other issue with full employment is you've got people who suddenly have a lot more disposable income. Mm. And, and, you know, if you do have that backache and, and you don't want to spend the time to get the prescription or go to the acupuncturist or, or, or work on the backache, it's so easy to get drugs on a job site right now that, uh, you know, people have money and disposable income means more money available to spend on things like alcohol and drugs. Mm. Kev? No, I, I was just saying all the good stuff. You know, it must feel good for both you guys when you see guys coming you know, that you guys work with come back clean and sober. You guys must see a lot of people get, get healthy and get, get well. And I think that's probably what keeps you guys going all the time is, you know, you guys work so hard to do the thing, but the, the outcome and the, what these people can get to, it's, it's a pretty amazing thing, and you guys must see a lot of that. Oh, we see, we see a ton of it at the yeah. Foundation. I mean, yeah. it's, it's great when you see a kid that graduated the recovery school and then they're, yeah. they're going on to college and you come back and you see them in a you know, suit and tie yeah. that they were a CPA for a downtown yeah. company. Yeah, it's awesome. Were, they were a mm-hmm. you know, resident at... At Cushing House. Yeah. 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 Without yeah. that, you couldn't do this work. Yeah. Willie and I both teach in the Addiction Counselor Education Program at UMass Boston, and I start the first class with my students and say, if you're going to work in this field, you have to be prepared to climb over bodies. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what we're, you know, we, are. We, we deal with death every day, sadly. So when John talks about those successes, and Kevin, you talk about those successes, that's the stuff that keeps you going yeah. in this field. If Absolutely. not for those successes, this can Absolutely. really wear you down. Yeah. John, I got one question for you on your recovery uh, school. What ages like do you guys start at, and how do you, you know? So they can start as a freshman, as young as 14 or 15 years old. They're there, but what we find is most of the students are really on the later end of it because you know they've, they've yeah. experienced so much trouble in and out of school. So it's our graduation is really kids. A lot of them are 19 and 20 years yeah. old. They were you know overaged yeah. and undercredited, but we keep working with them. Summer school online courses, uh, different things we can yeah. do to catch them up. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's u- usually on the older older age bracket. Um, where can people find more information about the school? They go to uh, org or ABCD uh, website, which is Action for Boston Community Development, or Gavin Foundation, we have a direct link. So gavinfoundation.org, and we have a direct link to the school. Excellent. And John? modernassistanceprograms.com. 
That's okay. our website, and that, uh, that gives some background on what we do. We're, we're going to put uh, your links on our website as well, so if people want to learn more, they can also visit powerforwardnow.org. Kevin? Yeah, just, you know, it's, thanks for coming. It's amazing, like, you know, we talk about hope here. You know, that's the biggest thing we all look for. You know, you guys are in recovery. You guys help a lot of people, and I've been helped by a lot of people, and it's all about hope. It's all about people taking the next step, and you guys, you know, you guys help so many people, and it's uh, pretty amazing stuff. Keep up the good work. Thank, Thank you. you. It, it, is about, it is about hope, and if I could just give one second plug to, you know, look, we all know that there's, you know, motivational interview and different things that we want to do to try to help people mm. get into recovery, but, you know, it's equally important that we try to work with the families, you know, yeah. because Absolutely. sometimes people don't want to get well, and what we need to do is make sure that their loved ones are getting the support they need so that they can make appropriate choices. So there's places yeah. like more. Learn to Cope, Families yeah. Restored, Absolutely. Families Anonymous. Those places are key Huge, yeah. to at least allowing the rest of the mm. family to have some yeah. uh, semblance of a real uh, life and to be able to help make good choices. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank I appreciate you. you coming on. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, we'll guys. be right back on Crosscheck. You have been listening to Crosscheck with your host, Kevin Stevens. We'll be right back after these messages. Clean Slate Centers is an outpatient clinic with a strong commitment to expanding access to medication-assisted treatment to help fight the opioid epidemic. Our primary mission is to help the underserved population reclaim their lives from substance abuse disorder. Clean Slate has 44 centers in eight states, and we pride ourselves on providing compassionate and effective physician-led treatment across all of our locations. We provide evidence-based care using the current guidelines established by the American Society of Addiction Medicine. Clean Slate's knowledgeable and caring team focuses on treating each patient as an individual while placing an emphasis on personal accountability. This is an effective method and will help those in need manage their addiction. The combination of individualized medical, behavioral health, and case management services has been shown to be the most effective treatment for people experiencing substance abuse disorder. For more information or to schedule an intake, please call 413-341-1780. That's 413-341-1780. Or visit www.cleanslatecenters.com. We are also a proud supporter of Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio. Big thing that we have to offer is a ton of our staff are also in long-term recovery. Um, and the first thing that we look at is making sure that that individual comes in, feels like they're a person, that we're going to take care of them, and that we're there for them. Individualized treatment, we try and help people find a way to live a life that's drug-free a day at a time. When you're with us, you're going to get a master's clinician who is well-experienced, well-versed in addiction. You're also going to get a case manager who's going to help you basically with everything that you've missed in life due to addiction. You're going to have tons of peer support every day, but when you leave, you're a part of the Recovering Champions family. If you're looking for help to get into treatment and you'd like to use Recovering Champions and our knowledge of the system and how to access it, you can reach us a couple different ways. You can always call our toll-free number, which is 844 888-5391, 844-888-5391. The other place you can find us is on the web, recoveringchampions.com. Everybody wants to earn more money, right? Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman, and I'd like to earn more money too. That's why I take advantage of the Bump Up CD specials at the City of Boston Credit Union. It's easy. If their rates go up, yours can too. Check out all their current specials at cityofbostoncu.com. City of Boston Credit Union, uniquely Boston. Funds federally insured by NCUA. Excess insurance by MSIC.
Hi, this is Sam Quinones. I'm the author of the best-selling book, Dreamland, The True Tale of America's Opiate Epidemic. You're listening to Crosscheck Radio with Kevin Stevens. Welcome back to Crosscheck. I'm Andy Bernstein here alongside two-time Stanley Cup winner Kevin Stevens, Alyssa Horton from Recovering Champions, and Willie Drinkwater from UMass Boston, adjunct professor. Adjunct. 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 Um, great show, guys. What do you think? What do you, what do you think of our guests? Every single one of them. I loved it. They, they know their stuff, huh? What do you think? Yeah, I, I thought it was great. You know, obviously, you know, it just brings a lot of hope. We had the two girls in earlier that both, you know, work at two different facilities and gave me different information on what they do. And then with John and uh, the Gavin House and John coming in from uh, EAP, he was great, too. They're all, you know, it's all just all different services that are available out there for people. And if you need if you need, you need to be get help or you need any kind of assistance, these guys will help you go in the right direction, and these ladies also. So I think they gave us a lot of information and a lot of hope. It was good stuff. Um, it was, and it's, it's, it's just so important to get this information out there. Oh, absolutely. You know, because a lot of times people don't know where to turn. They don't know where to go. I mean, I had a person the other day where they didn't know that BSAS has a, has a helpline. Yeah. Stuff. So I mean, but the, the people just don't get enough. What is BSAS? BSAS is the Bureau of Substance Abuse Services under the Mass Department of Public Health, and they have a helpline number you can call, and they stay up up to date with all the bed availabilities and all the levels of care. Yeah, right. and there's Marcy M A R S I dot org now that also per, like posts a detox list for all facilities that accept yeah. Mass Health in Massachusetts. And I think uh, the biggest thing, what all four guests, you know, really um, strived on saying is that. It's a family disease. It's just not the addict. You know, everybody mm-hmm. thinks always oh, puts this, the pressure on the the addict and what they're doing and how it's affecting their life. But it affects everybody that's around them. And I think all these guys have great sources for families to to learn about the disease. A lot of a lot of families don't even know about what this heroin and, and what this epidemic is. You know, and it's just it's it's a good source. They have tons of sources out there. So reach out and learn a little bit about it. Absolutely, I've I've heard of Gavin's. Um, partnership with Plymouth House on their new family support group and uh, Family Restored is the one that Plymouth House has been running for for a while now and it's really a fantastic idea mm-hmm. for families to get involved in these support groups because just as it's important for the addict or the alcoholic to find a network of people that they can relate to so they don't feel alone, the family need to feel Absolutely. the same. I run into Absolutely. so many families where like I can't talk to anybody. Right. I don't want anyone, to, I, I can't let anyone know about this. Well, this, this is a place you can go and it's no judgment. And the sad thing is, is no. that you know, like oftentimes the families end up more insane than the person. Oh, absolutely. Loved one that's medicating. I mean, they're they're crazy, and and I don't doubt 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 that oftentimes they're doing what they think is in the best interest of their loved one. But a lot of times they're enabling them, allowing the addiction to keep going. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, that's the truth. I got a lot of questions. I was in Pittsburgh, and a lot of families were out there, and they asked me the same thing: what What could have I done? Like they lost a kid, or like what? No. You know, I tried all the things. I didn't understand that. You know, I didn't know if I enabled. They didn't. No one really knows exactly what to do. There probably isn't any right answer, but you know what? It's it's nice to find out that it's not about you didn't do anything wrong. The addict right. is the yeah. one right. that's right. on the addict, but it's also nice to 
to have a little information right. on it too. Absolutely. Well, once you look at it, the addiction is uh, correlates with fear, and the family is in the same place. So mm. most of their reactions and most of their decisions, based on what they're going to do with their loved one, is based out of fear. Absolutely. I don't want my loved one to die, so I'm going to do this. Mm. When in all reality, that could be causing harm. So to be able allowing to go, it to continue, right, to, to perpetuate, right. So yeah. you get the professional help yourselves, and then you get because even in recovery, like I used to be a recovery coach, all I did was work with families and individuals mm. post detox, post treatment. And still at that point, when you're, when you're, it's a habit for yeah. you to watch somebody getting high. So if they're having Cheerios when they're high and then they have Cheerios when they're sober, you're freaking out. Like, oh my God, they're getting high. Like, no, 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 they just like Cheerios. They just like Cheerios. But it's okay. That's normal. It's the same thing. Cause like you're going to get into an argument. It's always going to be a confrontation. Mm -hmm. Like sobriety does not mean the person becomes perfect and reacts like a, a sane individual. Yeah. Yeah. So like to have that education prior to them getting sober and after them getting sober on how to deal with a yeah, person the in early part sobriety. Is the detox. The, yeah. the easiest part of the whole process is the physical You detox. get to sleep for the first time. You yeah. don't have to talk yeah. for the first few days. They're yeah. medicated. You know, like, but it's great. Right. thinking. And yeah. the program isn't for 30 days. Like, sometimes families think they go away for 30 days. Yeah. And they're going to come back. Kid back yeah. And, you know, let's go back and play hockey again, play basketball. And, you know, not go to meetings, not yeah. get, you know, not yeah. do the things yeah. that. Oh, keep they can sober. drink at the family wedding. No, <laughs> no, no. Hey, sure you can. Ginger ale. Right. Guys, great show. If you need more information about any of our guests, please reach out to us, um, powerforwardnow.org, the Contact Us page, and we're also on Facebook, and we will be happy to put you in touch with the right people. Have a great week, everybody. Have a great nice. week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio, and we look forward to you joining us every Saturday as we remove the mask of addiction and power forward to a happy, healthy life. If you or a loved one is suffering from substance abuse, please call the Massachusetts Substance Abuse Hotline at 1-800-327-5050. That's 1-800-327-5050. Or visit our website, powerforwardnow.org for more information and resources. Special thanks to our supporting partners, Recovering Champions, City of Boston Credit Union, Life Skills South Florida, Spring Hill Recovery Center, and Clean Slate Centers.